Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Talking in Circles tonight. I am Clayton Caldwell with Philip Matthew and Spencer Cowan here. We're just previewing the STP 500 from Martinsville Speedway, also NASCAR Camper World Trucks. NASCAR Gander Outdoor Truck Series race from Martinsville Speedway. It's a paperclip, my favorite week, one of my favorite weekends of the year here at Martinsville Speedway. I love this track. I love short tracks. We need short, more short tracks. I say it every time we come here. Uh, we need more short tracks. This race last year in October ended up interesting. The last two October races ended up interesting with Logano moving uh, Martin Trex Jr. out of the way. Truex going on Twitter talking about maybe there's some payback for Joey Logano here coming up. This weekend at Martinsville Speedway. Also, again, we'll talk about the Truck Series race. Who's the favorite there? Who's the favorite this weekend? Crew Chief. Is there any Crew Chief on the hot seat coming up here? Is there a team that needs to pick it up? And not necessarily that's going to be fired right away, but a guy who maybe five races, if they don't pick it up, sit there and say, my seat's getting pretty warm here. They're going to have to replace They might have to replace him. We'll talk about that. Uh, plus, We'll take your phone calls, 917-889-8280 tonight, Talking Circles. Again, Clayton Cole, Philip Matthew, and Spencer Cowan here tonight. Here we go, guys. Uh, Martinsville Speedway, it's the running of the STP 500. Philip, I'm going to start with you. Um, this is a new rule package again at Martinsville. I think it's, it's going to be an interesting one because I think in the end of the day, it's, you're going to throttle a lot more. And Maybe we'll be going a little bit faster here at Martinsville than we normally have in the past, or maybe we'll be breaking harder in the corners. I'm not so sure how this is all going to play out. Um, do you think – I've read a lot of things this week about maybe the bump and run being a thing of the past. Do you think the bump and run will be a thing of the past? What do you expect from this weekend with the new rule package here at Martinsville? Uh, I mean, when you consider short track racing and the history of the sport itself, I don't think the bump and run is ever really going to go away. I think the – what you brought up in terms of the tire being on either having more on throttle time or more on break or being able to go deeper in the corners because of all the downforce they have. The reality is you're still going to have to, there's always an issue trying to get off in the center of the corner, trying to make, get, get a dry drive off or good drive in no matter what that's been the case with Martinsville for however many years, no matter what vehicle has been there. Um, all these, stupid aero packages and whatever they want to do. Uh, the, I think it depends on what bad year brings to the track. And if they're on and then we, it's, I'm waiting for the Twitter post that they're going to go and say, Oh, we, when they, when they send those posts out, you know, they didn't do a good job with the tire. And I'm kind of thinking that that's going to come tomorrow. Um, uh, and if that happens, then we're going to have a lot of blown tires, uh, especially on Sunday. And that's what I, that'll mean more wrecks. So, you know, all the people who love wrecks will probably like that. But I think also it'll put an emphasis on, on you know, tire conservation and trying to, it, it won't be as active probably in the first part of the race. It'll probably get active after about lap 350. 
and then that'll the be around stage, yeah. the last pit stop. Yeah, it'll be around by the time that I figure the last pit stops theoretically will be, uh, you know, somewhere around a 400 or 400 lap, 440 lap mark, and then at that point you'll see what really is going to go on. I mean, I don't, I really don't know what I can make a full-on observation or belief or what I really think is going to happen. I, I think that it's more the it's Martinsville is Martinsville. It's been, it's, it's a legendary track. You have to be, you have to be at the bet at your best to win there. You don't luck into winning. No Martinsville. There's other tracks you can do that. You don't really have to have talent. I mean, honestly, you have to have talent to win a Martinsville. So, I mean, it's, it's a place where it'll, it'll clear out the, I mean, I, um, I, I think we'll get more of what we've always had, and we'll, we'll kind of figure it out as we go. We'll see what practice looks like tomorrow and what the weather, how the weather um, helps or is, uh, mm-hmm. uh, assists in how everything goes this week. Yeah, it's a two-day show this weekend at Martinsville, too, which is, which is interesting. It's a quick Saturday practice. Qu- practice or I think we qualify after the truck race, which is wild, too. We'll pro- qualify from 5.30 on Saturday. Which is very interesting, and I know uh, not to get off topic here, but I kind of like that because you know we used to practice. If you remember back in the '90s, Philip, I'm sure you do. We used to practice after the Xfinity Series race on Saturdays a lot on a lot of these racetracks, and I think it helped because it gave you more, especially if it didn't rain, gave you more of an idea of how the track was going to be with the rubber being down on the racetrack and stuff like that. So uh, I think it, it was more towards track the, the conditions that we're going to see on Sunday. So I think it helped these teams, you know. Get, figure out what they were doing with these race cars. I, I think it's kind of cool that we're going to be qualifying after practice, this, after the truck race here on Saturday. Um, listen, it's you brought up also, a good point sorry, about – one thing – Go ahead. One thing I didn't want to – I think it also is good for the for the people that do get to show up on Saturday okay, yeah. and get to see they'll be able to get a, a nice qualifying, hopefully a nice qualifying session, not the monkey – monkey uh humping football business sessions that we've had that we've had uh the last few weeks at these bigger tracks so yeah i think martinsville changes the game you know short tracks you really as much as they try they really can't screw up martinsville um that's why i look at this racetrack that's why i love it so much it's like you know as much as things change like you said you got to roll through the center of the corner here it's gonna be interesting though because you brought up tire conservation and that and um, maybe even brakes at this racetrack this week. Well, we haven't seen brakes become an issue at Martinsville in the last 10 years, really. Maybe this oh, weekend yeah. with the uh, more on throttle speed, they're going to have to slow these cars down more. Who knows how that's all going to play out. So maybe brakes become another uh, an issue at Martinsville, and it's sort of an old-school Martinsville race like we saw 15 years ago. So that's that's going to be very interesting to see how that all plays out in the Cup Series events. Um, I'm excited for it. Again, I, I love this racetrack. I'm excited. There's, forty, I think, 41 trucks trying to qualify for the truck series race for Saturday, uh, that's going to be very interesting as well. Um, Spencer Cowan, you know, I want to get your take on, on somebody who you think might be able to go up there and, and challenge for a win at Martinsville. I mean, um, it's a track where Phillips, right. You know, I think you have to have talent to win here. You know, when you think about a guy like Martin Truex Jr. who came so close last year, and I think that's why, that's why last year irks him a little bit more. He's never won on a track less than a mile. And that's what we call short tracks in NASCAR. Um, so, is he going to be a contender this weekend? Maybe Logano, who's listen, Penske's come to play these first five races of the year. They've really come out to play. They've been really, really strong. 
Uh, what do you think? Who do you think is going to run up front here at Martinsville? And and maybe a guy who's going to surprise us. I mean, we always seem to have that driver at Martinsville um, who always seems to find a setup. Maybe it's a Chris Busher or maybe it's a, a Ryan Priest who's used to these shorter tracks on a Will Modified Tour. Who do you think uh, is going to be up there and, and compete for a win on Sunday? Well, I think Logano will be up there, and not only just because Penske's firing on all cylinders right now, he knows how to run at the front of Martinsville. Um, and Truex, too. He's he. I watched a little interview with him, and he said he's still pissed off about this situation. So he's going to go out firing. He's going to go out uh, determined to win this race and show people that, well, I got wrecked, and I came back, and I'm going to win this race. Um and Chase Elliott, too. He's had success here. Just things have not gone his way in uh, late race incidents. And, yeah, when you said Ryan Priest, uh, I had him in mind. You know, he's used to racing tracks like this with the modified stuff. So, And that team's got their stuff going. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he was up there running. His, and his teammate, Chris Busher, you know, that team's been run. They like they got their stuff together. And um, But, yeah, those three guys, uh, Chase, Logano, and Truex, for sure, will be contenders to run up and I mean, Bush, you got to add him in there, too. So, those four, and then the two off the side kind of guys. For sure, I, I think that's a, a certainly a team. Those guys are certainly people to look at. You know, a team to look at, Philip, every time we come here, at least in the last 20, 25 years, has been Hendrick Motorsports, whether it was Jeff Gordon, whether it was Jimmy Johnson, whether it was Dale Earnhardt Jr. Mark Martin ran pretty good here yeah. um, when he was in Hendrick Motorsports. Um this is an organization, though, that's really taken a step back here in the last year or two. Do you think this is a weekend where they can sort of get good on how they perform? Um, or do you think this is going to be more status quo for them? Again, you know, you look at Jimmy's record here, he's fantastic. But this is a completely different package than what Jimmy's used to. I know Hamlin came out and said, I think it's going to be a single in Martinsville. Um, what do you think about Hendrick Motorsports' shot this weekend? Since their team, them and JGR, really the two teams where you look at and say um, they're going to come to Martinsville and they're going to be they're going to be here to play because they usually are every time we come here. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a good point. I mean you you think about Jimmy and how long now it's the longest losing streak he's had in his career and how dominant for a long period of time he was at Martinsville. I mean one of my favorite moments. There's somebody made a post uh, on one of the pages on Facebook of Tony's wins at Martins Hill. And of course my favorite is 2011 when he somehow or another passed Jimmy Johnson on the last restart on the outside and beat him and uh, saved what basically started the momentum towards his third championship. Um, after holding him or Denny Hamlin off from almost going to lap down too. Uh, the fact is Jimmy Johnson, this is a track where, you know, it's not uh, the arrow and all this other stuff is not in play as much. And last year at Bristol, just as in this, that was one race where he ran pretty well. Uh, Martinsville, you know, he's in that, you know, pantheon of the greatest that's ever driven there. And I think it's a good litmus test for uh, the 48 team and Kevin Mendering and where they're at. You know, this race in Bristol, I think for them, I think will be an interesting test. The fact is Chase Elliott, you know, he, he's always kind of lingers and he has a way of getting up there and then it doesn't really finish off the way he wants it to. Uh, they haven't had as good of a start as I thought they would have this year. And, uh, 
for them, that team, I think they've got the history in their on their side in terms of the performance to kind of go and do something there. I think it's those two cars, you know, you want to – those are the two cars, really, and you want to make – we'll see. I, I, I'm really curious. I mean, Jimmy Johnson – Yeah. We've, we've been talking about knocking people's records, you know, in terms of this whole 200 thing. And people ignore – people want to knock Jimmy seven championships and 83 wins. The fact is he has seven championships and 83 wins. And he won 80 of those or whatever with Chad Canals or something like that. And right. so – and a lot of them were at Martinsville. And so it's – at some point this has to break. You know, you, you have to figure he's going to figure it out. I mean – Every great driver has had, for the most part, most of these great drivers have had like a fall from grace, and this is kind of what it is for Jimmy. But Martinsville is a place where I think he can make things right. And if they can hit the setup right and they can, they were fast in practice last week and it kind of just went away. If they can hit things right, and because this package is so random compared to other things they've ever run, who knows? It might be a wild card. And if it's a wild card in the way Hendrick has been, entirely possible like you talked about like Spencer brought it up with Priest. you know he's driving a car and a team that has run really well at Martinsville in recent years with AJ Allmendinger nobody thinks about him as this great stock car oval racer but at Martinsville and Phoenix in the previous configuration he was really good so I mean it, it there is hope for Chevy this week for sure compared to you know down real the quote downforce tracks yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly there. You know, but you think about Jimmy Johnson's career here and there. This is what is very interesting. Look at the most recent years. You know, he's won here nine. He's made thirty-four starts altogether. He's won here nine times. He's got twenty-four top ten finishes in thirty-four starts. So that means he's only finished out of the top ten tw- ten times here in thirty-four starts. Four of those ten That's starts. Nuts have been the last four races at Martinsville Speedway. So that's a little alarming. 15th, 12th, 15th, 12th. He's been very consistent the last four weeks in four races here, but they've been outside the top ten. So um, maybe they lost their mojo and they need to find it to get back here. It's going to be interesting to see. But you brought up Hendrick Motorsports and and Chevrolet. You know, when I think of the Chevrolet teams, a good Chevrolet team, Spencer, one of those teams is the team – uh, we're at Chip Ganassi Racing, and as good as Kyle Larson has been in his career, uh, and he, he's been very good, he's been very impressive in a lot of the races he's run at, one of the tracks he seems to struggle at, for whatever reason, has been Martinsville Speedway. It's a different track than anything we've ever, than, than anything we have on this circuit. Uh, I don't know if there's, uh, you can even produce a second Martinsville like somebody that runs on dirt would understand. Uh, I just think it's sort of out of his realm where every other racetrack he can sort of, you know, rely back to his dirt wisdom. Here at Martinsville, he really can't do that. His average finish at Martinsville is 24.2. He's got a third-place finish in 2016. Other than that, it's been at the top 10 his entire career here at Martinsville in 10 starts. This is the type of racetrack where all of a sudden you find it. Whether you're dra- going behind somebody and looking behind a great one at Martinsville and all of a sudden you go – that's how they get around this place, bam. Um, it just seems like Larson hasn't figured this out yet, and I'm curious as what, what you think his chances are to win, and how about his teammate Kurt Busch, 
who, when you think about short tracks, Kurt Busch is one of the better short trackers on the circuit. He's had a great start to this season, much better than Kyle Larson. What do you think about Chip Ganassi Racing's uh, chances this weekend here at Martinsville Speedway? I'll go ahead and start with Kyle Larson. I just kind of want to hit on what you said about it not being his favorite track. The reason I don't think he can grasp to this track is because, you know, he likes running a loose race car. And these turns are so sharp and so slow, you, you re- there's really no, uh, what, what can you say, there's no ch- actual chance or, for I guess that would be the word, to get loose, you know what I'm saying? Because it's so sharp and so slow, and you just got to kind of roll through it. And on all the other tracks, you know, the two-mile tracks, you know, they're wide in a mile and a half, so they're a little wider, and you can get loose and have a loose race car. And Martinsville, you just can't do that. But then he also had that great run at New Hampshire, and that's somewhat of a similar track to Martinsville. Not the same, but somewhat. So, I don't know. It's it's just might not be a track that he can, you know, like you said, get a hang of. A lot of drivers take a while to get a hang of stuff. I'm sure – uh, Jimmy Johnson, his young career, he couldn't find a, tra- a figure track out, and now he has. And uh, so maybe it's just a track that he doesn't do good. And moving over to Kurt Busch, um, you know, I don't see why he couldn't run up front. Like you said, he's good at short tracks. He's a veteran in the sport. He was experienced on Martinsville, and he's running. He's he's running good. He's sitting on all cylinders. So uh, the only chance that Chip Ganassi has to get in victory lane would be the one car. Um, and I'm a Kyle Larson fan, and I'm not going to go say he's going to go out and win because you're right. He hasn't figured this place out. So um, the one car is the only chance for Chip Canassi racing this weekend. How about you, Philip? Is is Kurt Busch the best driver? You talked about Chevrolet, and I want to touch on that because it's just been such a, a, a lost couple of years for Chevrolet with this package and with the new Camaro. Kurt's got two wins here at, she- at, at Martinsville. Other than that, though, he's, he's very hit or miss here. He runs in the top ten or he crashes, really, uh, and doesn't, or doesn't run very good. Um, his time at Stuart Haas, he struggled here. He won, he won at Martinsville in 2014, but he struggled here. Even at, at Penske and Roush, you know, there's times where you look at his finishes, you go, wow, for a short tracker, he really hasn't had that much luck here. But he certainly, if he went out there this weekend and won, you wouldn't be shocked. Um is he Chevrolet's best chance to win this weekend? And what do you think is Kyle Larson, why he struggled here so badly? Is it the fact that, you know, he's a very aggressive driver, and this is a track where you might have to be a little bit more finesse than what Kyle Larson is used to. What are your thoughts on, on Ganassi and, and Chevrolet and Kurt Busch's shot at winning this weekend at Martinsville? Uh, if you're going to go and say if you need to pick a Chevy to win uh, this weekend, I would pick. Kurt Busch, and it wouldn't even be a hesitation. Uh, the way he's running, I'm looking up on the one post here, um, the one page that we're both on, or, or we're all on, two top fives, four top tens, average finish of 9.2, and this is the same team that had zero top fives or tens and average finish of 22, and uh, average finish of 22nd last year, I guess at the same point of the season. So, I mean, the reality is Kurt Busch seems to be rejuvenated. And I think this kind of being on a one-year deal and kind of going rogue and with the way Kurt Busch's career has been, I think I, I think he likes this, you know, being this like the whole outlaw, he, they, his nickname, the outlaw and all. He knows that he may have a job, he may not. If you, I think he's kind of working Ganassi over to 
see if he can go and run Indy and run the double and, you know, hedging his bets. And he has a beautiful wife, so whatever. He can go and go home and watch her play polo. It's a big deal. He could go and drive pro stock. He did it before. He can do it again. You know, like, the reality is I think Kurt Busch, the way he is right now and what his situation is, he's so relaxed and he's so – he's in a place where he's probably never been in his career and he's had a long career. We're talking about since 2001 in the Cup Series. He's been in the limelight since 1999. And so the fact that he's in this, this mode in like 20-plus years, I, I think it's kind of scary. And, and the reality is I don't think they've figured everything out yet on that one crew, and they haven't figured him out, and him and Mac McCall haven't done all these things. He he went and pulled one out of his butt years ago with Daniel Canos, and they won that 41 car. He's got a much better car. He's got a much better situation with his crew chief. And, you know, it wouldn't be out of the realm. Yeah, he is inconsistent there. The reality is the way he drives and the way things are, that would bring up that inconsistency. And I think his being there, this is one of those first times where I think Kurt's addition to Chip Ganassi Racing is going to make a big difference to Kyle Larson because Larson is, he loves bank tracks. He loves running the cushion. He loves being that guy that runs the high line. I mean, he, Harry Gant used to run that line too. And so did Richard Petty, but there's, there's something different between Kyle Larson, those two, both those guys went to Martinsville. And uh, I mean, granted, I think in time and because of how talented Kyle Larson is, he will figure it out, and it may be this weekend. Who knows? I, it, you can't you can't keep somebody that's that good from figuring it out. I mean, my issue is Chad Johnston, but my issues with Chad Johnston go long past Kyle Larson itself. Uh, I, the reality is, I think the one car is a favorite. It would be a really solid pick. It would be a good value pick, honestly. I'm sure for all those people that love to gamble, uh, to go and and put a put some money on that one car. And I think his, Kurt Busch's experience all these years and all these different cars and all the crap that he's had to drive, some of the crappy cars he's had to drive, and now he's in a pretty good piece and a pretty good situation, and he really doesn't have any pressure on him, which is kind of scary. And... Uh, I think it could be a good thing for Kyle Larson. This is going to be one of those first times where he could probably help Kyle Larson get better. And we could probably yeah. see young money doing what he usually does when he's sitting there in a 410 or a midget. Yeah, and it's an, what's interesting about this track is, just like I said, I feel like once you find it, it, take, it might take some drivers a while to find it, but once you do, you never forget how to drive Martinsville, and you get there and you run good. Kyle Busch is one of those guys. It took him a little bit, a long time, I think the COT really changed the way you drove this racetrack because um, he was good early on here. He led, led a lot of laps with Hendrick, and then all of a sudden he fade, fade, faded out when he got to Gibbs. Uh, found it again, and really recently, you know, he hasn't finished out of the top five here since 2014 at Martinsville. So he's been very, very strong here. And even when uh, David Reagan drove that car for him in 2015 um, at Martinsville, early in, in 2015 season, they finished fifth there. So they've had a really good luck in that 18 car, really since Adam Stevens has gotten to the team, they've seen to really figure out Martinsville very well. And I think that that's pretty much in Kyle's whole career with Adam Stevens. It's just elevated him a level, uh, and you can say that. So I think Gibbs, I think, you know, 
Gibbs is going to be a team to look out for. Hamlin's had a lot of good luck here in the past. Truex almost won this race a year ago. Uh, and then Eric Jones, we'll see how he does. But he's a young driver who, um, you know, still has a lot to learn. We'll see what goes on from there. But I can't wait for it, guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. Truck Series is going to be a lot of fun as well. Uh, I want to try, kind of shift gears here a little bit, guys, and talk about a crew, the crew series here in 2019. It's very early. We're still in, in mid-March here, five races into the season. But these five races are important. You know, um, I feel like to get out of the gate in a good spot, you know, it puts you in, in a decent spot where if you're not way back, there might be a couple guys who you look at and say, man, they're way back. Suarez is the guy I look at and I go, man, if you don't pick it up here in the next couple of weeks, at least get running in the top 15 consistently, he could be in trouble for the playoffs. Um, so there might be teams out there look at that. When you look at also like teams' goals where, let's say, you know, it might not be um, Michael McDowell's goal to make the playoffs this year. But, you know, we understand realistically where they're going to be, where they should be running this year. And it's early in the year, no doubt about it. And uh, I, I don't think we even have to think about replacing a crew chief 10 weeks, you know, until maybe 10 weeks into the season. That's another five weeks from now. But I want to get a sense of, of, of teams that you think have struggled so far this year. And basically, we don't see drivers move as much as we used to. You know, back in the 90s and, and the 80s and even the, the early 2000s, drivers used to move a lot. You know, if you got off to a shady start, and it was, there's a lot of reasons for that, owner's points and all that kind of stuff, where if you got off to kind of a, a rough start on the season, the driver was sort of on the hot seat from, from the get-go. We don't really see that anymore, whether it's sponsorship um, or, or just there's not a lot of teams out there, there's just not a lot of drivers out there who have the experience, whatever the reason is, we don't really see that anymore. So to me, that's made the crew chief a little bit more vulnerable to lose their job or to be on the hot seat. So I'll start by saying that, and Spencer, I'll give you the first talk on this. Is there a guy you look at here uh, on to start this 2019 season where you say, hey, if that team don't step it up here in a couple of weeks, that crew chief could be somebody to keep an eye on as far as a replacement here in 2019. How about you, Philip? No, Matthew? Is there a, uh, go ahead, Philip. Is there a crew chief? Yeah, I, that I got two a people. Go ahead. Yeah, I got two people after because we talked offline, and uh, I was it was an interesting little nugget. And I started thinking, I'm like, that's kind of hard. And then I'm like, oh, I thought about it a little more, and and two people came to mind. Uh, Luke Lambert with the 18 and uh, Daniel Hemrick. They're, the RCR cars in general have been the Friday specials. They're basically what Ryan Newman was for years. Uh, fast on Friday, didn't do jack crap after that. Um, and they'd be fast in practice. They, like, they're amazing in practice. I don't know what, what goes on in practice, but those things are like rocket ships. You put them in testing and practice, they're amazing. You put them in a race situation, it looks like the Keystone Cops. It looks like Talladega Nights, and uh, and that's a big problem. Uh, you know, when you think about Bald Spot, and they got the pole last week by default, and and then he kind of was whatever he was, uh, and then you consider Daniel Hemrick and all the stuff that's happening. I mean, some of the stuff isn't Luke Lambert's fault, but then I also think about Luke Lambert in general, 
and what his career has been. We could blame Ryan Newman because it's easy because it's Ryan Newman. But it's not like Luke Lambert has exactly set the world on fire with his productivity. You could say, well, RCR has not been that great for all these years. But, you know, it's a whole combination deal. You know, this is the same RCR where we're talking about the Dale Jr. download and Kirk Shelmerdine a few he was on that show and we were talking about how Kirk Shelmerdine how he isn't in the Hall of Fame voting and it's like he might be one of the greatest crew chiefs, if not you know, the arguably I mean he's not really the greatest, but one of the greatest crew chiefs of all time. He won four championships with quite possibly the greatest driver that ever driven, drove a stock car. And he's not even on the ballot. You know, you think about that, and you think about Andy Petrie, and you think about old Larry McReynolds and some of these other crew chiefs, you know, Kevin Hamlin and some of those other guys that they had. And then now you look at, you know, you have Danny Stockman with the three teams, and they're struggling, and I don't get it. It's, like, weird considering how good their relationship has been previously. And Luke, But Luke Lambert, what has he done? You know, like, why – it's like, why does he have this, you know, crazy job security? I, I don't get it for the kind of results that they've And I, the other one, which is kind of a, you know, an outlier, but I think there's a lot going on. We always talk about Chris Bell on this show. Uh, I say Chris Gale. Um, the 20 car has not been great. And, I mean, granted, they might have sacrificed Derek Jones to the Wolves for the R&D car so that they can make the 11, 18, and 19 better. It's entirely possible. It's happened on other teams. It kind of is a thing. But, you know, Chris Gale and him have been together for a long time, and the results aren't, you know, coming here in the Cup Series compared to what they've done previously. And so I and I think Eric Jones, unfortunately, for as great as he, as great of a talent as he has been, um, he's on the hot seat too. And it might be unfair. It's probably unfair. But when you consider that there's no money in the sport the way the sport is going, uh, he might be in a bad spot, and it might that whole team's under the gun, and it's it's pretty bad. And I think things are starting to kind of you're starting to see things fraying a little bit on that 20 car compared to where the 11, 18, and 19 are. And so that's kind of a problem. Those are the two I would say. Just if we're if we're gonna get you know if we're gonna start you know hitting the hitting the button, we're gonna start putting the siren up. I would say we'll see it. Interesting, because they could have made a move there before the year. When Mike Wheeler was replaced, and they put Mike Wheeler over there at the 95 with Matthew Benedetto, they decided to keep that relationship going, and Hamlin got Chris Gabehart. Um, so, I mean, I guess that's a, that's where you can make the move, where if you want to and you get all – you know, I, I think you're, you're valid in that. It just seems like for whatever reason, that 20 car, they don't finish right, whether they're not finishing races or they're not putting all whole races together, it seems like, that 20 team. You'll see some nice – bright spots from them, where you go, wow, they're running in the top 10, top 5, they're doing really well. Then all of a sudden you look, like last week, they were running in the top 5, top 10, and you look at it and you go, they finished 19th? How is that possible? You know, so it's almost like they don't put a whole race together, and I feel like so far, um, that 20 teams have to do that, so that that's definitely a good guy to, to look at. I have a guy certainly circled on my list that I just made. I think Lambert's definitely a guy you look at. Um, you know, he, they haven't had a ton of success in that 31-8 slash car, uh, and you know, we'll see. But I have a guy circled on my list, but I don't want to take it if it's Spencer's. Um, Spencer, who do you have? Is there one? And it's just one crew chief. You don't have to list multiple ones like like um, like Philip did. 
who's your one guy you look at and you say, man, that team needs to pick it up here a little bit if if that guy wants to keep his job? Uh, I said uh, the 41, uh, Billy Scott, you know, they have a 33rd, a 10th, a 17th, a 23rd, and a 13th. Um, to me, you know, with Storthaus Racing being the top-tier team that they are, that's unacceptable. Um, you know, and Daniel Suarez can drive. You know, he's an X-Rendy Series championship. He knows what good equipment is. He was in Joe Gibbs' equipment over there in the Xfinity Series. So, I mean, that's – if I was Tony Storr, you know, I would sit here and say, you know, you don't see Harvick running that, those type of positions. Um, so, you know, they need to pick it up. You know, if they want to make the playoffs, this isn't going to happen. And, you know, a 10th, that's good at Atlanta. And uh, Daytona, you know, that's unpredictable. But still, 17th to 23rd and 13th, we can really just uh, count those for the tr- those tracks. They should be running a lot better. So, um, you know, I don't see Tony Stewart firing him. You know, I think it's going to take time. It's only his second year. Shore's his second year over there. But uh, I think they, uh, if they want any shot at making the top 16, they need to uh, step up their running game. That's interesting, I, and I, I understand where you're coming from. I, you know, I would let that kind of blossom a little bit. I don't know if ten races with that organ, with that team, and those guys together, is enough even, even if we run ten races to kind of see where they're going. But certainly, you know, Suarez is a guy who um, needs to, I think, impress early. You know, and they talked about it on on Race Hub last week before the race, where they said, "Hey, you know, what is the sort of the panic meter for Daniel Suarez?" And he said, "They said, listen, it's full blast." We, they they said that's part of the reason why you saw him go after Michael McDowell during qualifying, because it was full blast, you know, and he was he is there's a lot of pressure on him, um, so I understand where that's coming from. Sure, Billy Scott's a guy who's a great engineer, he's had a good career in his in Cup, um, but maybe if that doesn't work out and they're not making it work for six, fifteen, sixteen races into the season, you could certainly see him maybe shake some things up over there at that forty one team. But I have a, a guy here who both of you didn't mention, but it's sort of a tie-in to Phillips guy. And it, because it's an RCR team, an RCR-affiliated race team, and that's Matt Borland, who's the crew chief over there oh, with yeah. Ty Dillon and that number 13 Geico Chevrolet. You know, and you can say what you want about Ty Dillon, but remember, they made a crew chief change over there prior to the 2018 season with um, Booty Barker, who was a longtime crew chief over there at Jermaine Racing. They made it the decision to sort of get into a, a closer alliance with Richard Childress Racing. Borland was Paul Menard's crew chief for 2017 as well. They underperformed immensely in that 27 car when Menard was, was there in 2017. I understand it was a lame duck season. I kind of chalked that up to, well, it's a lame duck season. You know, Menard was leaving. Uh, they they kind of knew, I think, all year. They kind of want to just finish out that contract. So you kind of sat there and said, okay, not a, not a big deal. It, it just didn't run good. Well, last year was a disastrous season for Ty Dillon. He had one top ten finish, um, you know, and you expected, expected to see a little bit of an uptick from that team and that organization because of the fact that they had Booty Barker there, and all of a sudden they didn't run very good. And let's be honest, I don't see Ty Dillon losing that ride anytime soon. So that team, I think, needs to – and again, this isn't a team I don't think anybody expects to go, oh, they're going to make the playoffs this year. They're a solo corporation – technically, um, but I don't think anybody expects them to go out there and make the playoffs. But what we need to see is more consistent and a step in the right direction for that 13 car here in 2019. Because if we don't, 
Um, I, I do think there's, they're going to be looking at other people for that. Or, and maybe, maybe it's a flop. Maybe it's a simple, okay, we're not getting what we like to see out of Hemrick with Luke Lambert. He's been there a while. Maybe we'll just switch Luke Lambert and Matt Borland and see how that goes. I don't think that would be crazy. Um, but maybe they, need, they feel like they need to bring somebody else into the organization who's sort of fresh blood. I mean, when you look at what Richard Childress has done over the last few seasons with their crew chiefs, They've kind of kept them in-house. Um, whether it was Slugger Labby, they brought him up. Uh, you know, um, Justin Alexander, they sort of brought him up as well. You know, Borland worked as a, as a in, in the garage with the organization before he got promoted to crew chief. So they promoted in-house. Danny Stockman there now. Um, and maybe they need to look outside the organization a little bit and just say, hey, you know, we need to – to go out there and, and get a guy who brings a fresh set of eyes. And maybe not, they can't do that in the middle of the year. I think it's virtually impossible to do in the middle of the year. That's anybody who's got some credibility. But um, I certainly could see them making a, a, a change on this 13 car here in the middle of the year if things don't pick up. Because that 13 car, when you consider them an affiliation with RCR, uh, it is not a great um it, it doesn't look great because they just they're they're not i know rcr is not where they normally are not where they're supposed to be but that 13 car to me guys just seems like it is a step a full step maybe two behind you where the rcr cars run so um i, I think matt Borland's certainly a guy and, and maybe tristan smith as well who's coochie for the 47 car they got a stronger alliance there with ryan priest um with with uh, with Hendrick, they got a stronger alliance with Hendrick, and Ryan Priest is a new driver, so you're not going to see a driver change because they just made a driver change. Uh, but Tristan's been there for a year, year and a half now. Again, I sort of let that blossom, like I said about Suarez, 15, 16 races, but if you don't see a little bit of consistency there, they could be sitting there eyeing him up and going, okay, what are we going to do here next year, or, or what are we going to do here down the road with the crew chief because it's just not working out. So we'll see. You know, it's very early, guys. I just kind of wanted to get on the radar because, you know, like I said, back in the early 2000s and 90s, we saw drivers change a ton. We don't see that anymore. Um, and we just don't see drivers change anymore in the middle of the year for whatever reason. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly uh, something to look at and, and something to keep an eye on here on, on, uh, as the season goes on. Okay, guys, I just want to get your, um, your picks here for both the Truck Series race and the Cup Series race before we, we, we call it a night here on Talking in Circles tonight. Um, I'll start with you, Spencer. Who, you know, let's say you're going to Vegas making a bet. Who do you got winning Martinsville this tonight, uh, this weekend in the Cup Series event? Mister Two Hundred, Kyle Busch. I mean, Interesting. I'm, I mean, you got to. I mean, you cannot bet against the guy. You really can't. I mean, I'm just telling the truth. I hate picking the guy. I have a lot of respect for him, but you can't bet against him. I'd bet on him if he was riding a scooter. <laughs> Yeah, I, I used yeah. to say that about uh, about a truck series driver uh, who used to run this place very, very well, and I miss him because I loved when he used to run Martinsville because he could take a, a truck that was just, you know, way underfunded and finish in the top five or, or win with it. Now, and I'm sure this is a name. I'm not sure yeah, Spencer Dennis this in your day. Dennis Setzer. Yeah, exactly. Dennis <laughs> Setzer. Dennis Setzer would get to Martinsville. He was unbelievable at this place. He really was. He would get in, in that truck in Martinsville – and just, it, I, I always said you could put him on a go-kart and he'd finish in the top five. He was unbelievable here. 
So he took it's he took Bobby Hamilton's truck after he took Bobby Hamilton's truck after Bobby Hamilton passed away, and Dodge wasn't even supporting him, and they drove this like freaking freakazoid Dodge, and he went and won a won a Martinsville. Yeah, when you yeah, said that. that, I'm thinking, I'm sitting there, I'm trying to figure it out. Who's who's Clayton <laughs> talking about? And then I, you started saying it. I'm like, oh, it sounds like Setzer. Yeah. He was a lot of fun to watch at this place. There's certain guys who are just fun to watch. And, and I know he didn't have a – you look at his cup career, he only had eight starts. Um, he never really got that big shot. You know, he gave Bill Elliott eight starts there in, in his uh, – seven starts in that third, second and third car back in the 90s. But – his truck career was very, very good. He never, you know, he finished second three consecutive times in his truck career, um, and he was always a joy to watch at Martinsville. Um, so, I, you know, to kind of go back to where we were talking, we got a little bit off gear there. How about you, Philip? Um, who do you got at, at Martinsville in the Cup Series race this weekend? I mean, Harvick's run really good here in the past as well. Stuart Haas, Boyer won here this race a year ago. Do you see maybe Stuart Haas, which their speed's gone down a little bit this year. Do you see them maybe right in their ship? a little bit here and saying, hey, um, this is a chance for us to win a race and get into the playoffs? I mean, definitely it would be an opportunity for those guys, uh, for the SHR crew, because they are off. I mean, the reality is Kevin Harvick's Kevin Harvick. He's not really ever going to go away no matter what you do. And when you consider him and Rodney Childers and what they've done ever since they've been together – it's pretty insane. Uh, it wouldn't be a hard, it wouldn't be a bad pick to take the four car, but for me and or the, or honestly, I mean, you can never go. The reality is this ten car. Now he's got the 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 superhero thing. I wanted to make a post about that, but then the last time anything in a superhero had to do with there was a superhero involved with Eric Almarola, he got hurt, so I just let it go. Um, and that was at Kansas a couple of years ago. So, and it looks like Danica's Wonder Woman car. But the, I think Stuart Haas could have a chance. I mean, the the Boyer need they're, they're a little off, and that was something like I, I was gonna say. Like if there was a little more time, like we spent a couple more minutes and we kind of deep dived into the, that issue. The relationship between Clint Boyer and Mike Bogaravich has been questionable at best. I mean, I think Clint Boyer's productivity since 2012 has been questionable at best. And if he wasn't buddies with Tony Stewart, I don't think he'd have a job. But the the fact is that when you have a guy like Mike Shiplett who's working with Cole Custer, you have a ready-made crew chief that could be a that should be a cup crew chief and should have been Kyle Larson's crew chief, but that's all pointing this up. SHR has a chance, but I'm going to take Hudson Logano's dad uh, because he's pretty dang good at Martinsville, and he's been that way for a few years, I re- especially since he got into that 22 car. Joey Logano has been at another level there, and Joe, whether it's Joe Gibbs Racing Drivers trying to run him over, whether it's Joe Gibbs Racing Drivers being buttered about him, the reality is Joey Logano's really good there, and uh, it's and I think it goes back to those Bandolero days when you run those quarter-mile tracks. You ran the Atlanta quarter-mile and won Bandoleros and Legends races and and Charlotte and all that. And I think those guys do really well at Martinsville because it's similar. And Joey 
you can't go against the champ. It's hard to go against the champ in this case. I mean, Spencer made the one pick. That's the other one that you're, if you ask Fox, he's the greatest thing that's ever lived in, in the history of the world. So you can't, you can't go against Kyle Busch anywhere. Uh, you could put him on well, a radio flyer. Yeah. Mean. Well, no, that's definitely, well, yeah, that's, that's, that's the, yeah. I picked the ninth in uh, Sunday. Yeah, I mean, a Kyle Busch, you can't really go against either. Uh, he's mad about losing a Saturday race and all this. And so, so great that he's mad about losing a Saturday race. Like, like get over it. Um, but, but the fact is that that might be the battle. That might be the battle we have how many months from now. Uh, it'll be the 18 and the 22. And I wouldn't be surprised by that. And I wouldn't be surprised that the 22 wins to join uh, join Kyle Busch as the second driver with multiple wins this season. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. Um, you know, this track, again, it, it's just coming down to um, just some of these guys. Who, it, it, it's such a great track because you can be hit or miss here. And it, it's such a hard track that you go through sort of phases, but I'm going to go with a guy who's had a pretty good year so far this year with Chris Gabehart as his crew chief, and that's Denny Hamlin. He's, he's finishing it quietly. He's finishing the top five, top ten, excuse me, four of the five races. His worst finish this year is 11th. Um, and I know you're going to sit there and say, who's Joe Gibbs' car? Come on. Well, he wasn't doing that a year ago, and uh, I know he liked Mike Wheeler a lot, and Mike Wheeler was a, a – they're friends and, and they're good guys, and I think Mike Wheeler's a good crew chief, but something wasn't working there with that 11 car. They just didn't um, run that great. I know Hamlin's got the Daytona 500 victory under his belt, locks him into the playoffs. But he's my guy this weekend, guys. I think he's going to be very, very tough to beat. Um, you know, and I, I always said about Hamlin, yeah, I always said about Hamlin, he's a guy who, when everything seems to be right in his head, he could win anywhere, um, and especially on these short tracks. And it just seems like there's, for whatever reason, the last four or five years, not everything's been in line. Um, with that 11 car, but, you know, I, I feel like he's still got the ability to, to run off and be a very, you know, a champion and be a very dominant driver. We haven't seen him do that, though. So maybe this is the year. Um, maybe he starts it at Martinsville. So he's my pick for um, Sunday's race at Martinsville. Saturday, got the truck series. I believe there was 41 trucks on the entry. There might have been a couple who have withdrawn. Um, a little side note to the entry list, uh, un- unfortunately, um, and I'm very disappointed in this, and I, and I know Reed Wilson's a good young driver, and you can say a lot of things about him, but unfortunately we do not see Timothy Peters on this entry list, who's having a great yeah. year in the truck series and was could have run, I think, for the championship in that Nice Motorsports Chevrolet, one of those Nice Motorsports Chevrolets, um, and they decided to not, uh, I guess, fill the truck for Timothy Peters this weekend, so his shot at a championship is gone here after three races. He only was guaranteed three races. We knew that. Um, they never guaranteed him anything from Martinsville, so that's a little disappointing when we're reading the entry list this weekend. But um, I'll start with you, Philip, since uh, we started with Spencer last time. Who's your pick to win the Truck Series race this weekend at Martinsville? You know, again, a lot of drivers out there. It's an interesting race because these, these trucks can be, it can be the first time these drivers ever see Martinsville. Um, that's what makes this race so interesting. You don't really see that in Cup where – you know, usually you run truck race here. Um, and you also got a couple of, of, of cup veterans with Austin Dillon. Um, you also got Bubba Wallace in the, in, the, in the truck. And, of course, you got Kyle Busch in the truck as well. So um, a couple of cup guys 
mixed in with a couple of young kids, and then you got the veterans like Matt Crafton, Johnny Sauter over there at Thor Sport. Um, who's your pick to win here, the Truck Series race on Saturday at Martinsville? Well, I'm I'm qualifying this, and it, I'm, it's Kyle Busch gets 201 on Saturday. The reality is he the way he's all been mad and he loses those truck races and the Xfinity or whatever he he gets all mad about that. The point is 201's gonna happen. Uh, they have it on Fox, so it's for good for their PR and all that uh, that they uh, get 201 in the truck race, so that Vince Welsh can seem important. Uh, but if we're gonna go and take away Kyle Busch uh, from this and actually look at everybody else, because there is a race and there is more than Kyle Busch in a race. If you ask Fox, they don't know that. Uh, I'd give. I would honestly say Austin Dillon. I mean. Uh, in, in terms of, you know, the best chance. Because that eight truck, when it's driven by somebody that actually has talent, is a pretty good truck. Uh, and so he he's good. He's a solid shoe. Uh, there's old debates and all that, but the reality is he can drive. And that Nemco number eight with Jerry Cannon at the uh, – heading the, the pit box can could win this race. And, and – John Hunter has been good anywhere and everywhere when he was driving it full time. And I'm honestly glad that he's driving that vehicle because who was driving that vehicle was pretty mediocre. So uh, if it wasn't Kyle Busch, which it basically is Kyle Busch, I would say Austin Dillon. And if you had to pick a regular, I'm going like my old co-host on my old podcast. I'm picking like half the field. I feel so bad about that, but the well, no, he really would pick half the field. But I will say, I'll say Johnny Sauter uh, if we're going to take a regular here, because Johnny Sauter is just really freaking good at, at Martinsville. Uh, his stats, he's won multiple races there. He's angry. Four times, yeah. He, Maze. He's just kind of an angry guy now. Well, he always was angry, but now he's just angry and ornery and older. So he needs a win to kind of solidify his uh, place in the playoff hunt. And uh, now that basically Timothy Peters and Austin Lee and Self have both been self-eliminated, it's basically 10 drivers for uh, eight spots. So, I mean, yeah. if if Johnny Sauter can win, it would be really beneficial to him in his season. For sure. I, I, you know, Sauter's definitely a guy who, when you look at it, you say, hey, um, four wins in Martinsville, he's, he's, when you think of him, you think of him as an old short tracker. So mm-hmm. uh, definitely a, a, a guy who can go out there and win at Martinsville this weekend in the truck series. How about you, Spencer? You know, Again, what makes this truck race so interesting is just the fact that you have a lot of drivers. You know, Thor Sports got five trucks down this weekend. Um, you know, uh, there's a couple of people out there who we've never really heard of. I mean, here's a, a good young short tracker in the Kyle Busch 46 truck, Raphael Lesnar, who I saw run over there at, at the Fairground Speedway in the ARCA race, do a very good job there um, a couple of weeks ago. You've got David Gilland, a veteran in his own 54 truck, um, with Frankie Kerr turning the wrenches there on that team. And, of course, the people we just mentioned, you know, you still got Johnny Sauter, Kyle Busch, uh, Austin Hill, the Daytona the winner, uh, Todd Goland in the four. Who do you got, Spencer, up there uh, winning at Martinsville this weekend um, if you had to make a pick? 
Well, I picked Kyle Busch. I I told you my truck pick or my cup pick when you asked me the first time. But oh, okay. I'll just eliminate him. And, uh, you know, he knows how to get it done here. He's wanting KBM stuff, and the 22 truck isn't a bad piece. Uh, I'll just go on the limb and say Bubba Wallace. I mean, why not? Uh, there's not a reason why he couldn't get it done. You know, he's not in a crappy car. You know, like we said, it's a decent truck. And so I'll go out and just say him. Um, you know, he, like I said, he knows how to get it done there. He has a grandfather clock. So, uh, yeah, I'll pick Bubba Wallace, and then that's just besides Kyle Busch. Yeah, that was an epic win for him because he, uh, if you remember, he did it, I believe he did it in a truck that was honored for uh, Wendell Scott. Wendell Scott. Who was, you know, yeah. And um, so he was able to pull off the win at Martinsville in honor of Wendell Scott. Yeah, uh, they, they remember they remembered the 54 truck, 34 that weekend, and he went out there and, it really, to me, and I know he won at El Dora earlier in the year. He won another time earlier uh, in the year at Gateway. But to me, Martinsville is a track where you sit there and you go, wow, <laughs> he just won Martinsville. You know, um, that that's what, to me, it really puts you on the map. Um, I don't care what series you win it in, whether it's Xfinity, and we don't run the Xfinity cars here anymore, unfortunately, or whether it's trucks or the Cup Series, you win at Martinsville – you know that that opens my eyes. You know, I go, wow, that's a, that's a, and, and Bubba had a really good year in that truck. Then won a championship, and I thought he made the jump to trying to make a jump to Xfinity too soon after that because he probably should have ran for the championship in the truck series um, after having a really good year where he lost it. But um, you know, it is what it is. So can have the option. <laughs> he yeah, right. So at the end of the day, I think you look at it and you say he's certainly a guy who's done it before now. He hasn't been here in the truck in a long time, if memory serves me correct. Um, I believe maybe that 2014 win at Martinsville might have been his last race in a truck at Martinsville. Um, so yes, it was. Four starts in a truck at Martinsville. You know, he's run the cup car, obviously, and uh, they run a little bit differently than the trucks. They're going to run a lot differently this weekend, I believe. So maybe that might play a little bit into um, the fact that he's, might not win this weekend, but who knows? You know, it could be like riding a bike where he gets into a groove and all of a sudden, man, he just takes off. We'll see what that 22 truck has from AM Racing um, as well. So, Bubba, certainly an interesting pick, no doubt about it, guys. Um, it's going to be fun to watch. I can't wait. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out there and I'm going to throw out on a limb. I'm going to say Johnny Sauter again. Uh, like I know um, uh, Philip told us, he, he thinks Sauter's going to go out there and win. Harrison Burton's a guy who he's a short tracker. Um, you know, he's a, a good truck driver. I believe he won the last race we ran here at Martinsville, the truck series. Um, yeah, so he did last year to walk in. Yeah, he did last He did last year. So uh, Harrison Burton's certainly a guy. You look at, uh, you want to pick a young kid. Um, he He's won here before. So, yeah, he's won here before. So, or, so listen, I mean, I think he's certainly a guy, Harrison Burton, who, um, can go out there and, and put together a solid, solid weekend um, in in the truck series. So, guys, I want to give say thank you guys for um, helping me out tonight again. Did a great job, and um, we'll be back here Sunday after Martinsville after the STP 500. We'll break it all down for you guys here tonight on Talking in Circles on Sunday night. We'll see you next time. Good night.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.